0: Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Hey, music teacher friend. I am so excited to talk to you today about the third annual Reflect and Renew Challenge just for music teachers. Maybe you've been feeling the overwhelm for real this year, let's be honest, that is putting it lightly, it has been tough, then I would love for you to join me at this free challenge where you are going to get to set goals to help spur you forward into the rest of the school year. It's all happening at the end of December, and I'll tell you in a minute how you can join us. But day one is the mid-year reflection. You're going to think back over the last few months of the school year and identify the highs and the lows. You're also going to think about what's worked for your particular Particular teaching situation and what maybe you need to revamp a little bit moving forward day two we're going to look ahead looking ahead towards the rest of the school year and focusing on what needs to get done to make it successful During the school year, things have been turned upside down. Of course, we know that. So we're going to look ahead in order to help you renew your focus and face your your new way of teaching in order to give you that spur of confidence and to help you beat that overwhelm moving forward. And day three is all about goal setting. You're going to set some goals and write out action steps to help you meet them. The main goal, of course, is to teach music to your students while helping them be their most creative selves. But you're gonna create goals to help you beat the burnout and to help apply these goals to your particular teaching situation. Because as we know, every single music teacher is in a different teaching situation and at different schools. So during this challenge, you're going to get to watch short yet actionable videos, receive encouragement to spur you forward, and we'll get action steps to apply to your actual teaching situation. It's all going down December 28th through 30th, and it's going to be awesome. To sign up, simply go to subscribepage.com forward slash reflect and renew, or simply click on the link in the show notes. All right, let's continue on with today's episode. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Today I am joined by my good friend Jen Rafferty, and I've been needing to have her on the podcast for, gosh, ages, and I'm so excited to have her today. So, Jen, I would love for you to just introduce yourself real quick to the listeners before we get in with today's topic.
1: Sure, and thank you for having me. I know we met on Instagram so in, in a while ago now at this point. So it's been really neat to just see your work and see you grow and how we've been able to help to, and support each other. It's been, it's been really nice. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so yeah, I, I am Jen Rafferty and um, I'm originally actually from Long Island and I went to music school at Ithaca College and I got my degree in music education and vocal performance and I discovered my inner hippie. So I decided to stay in central New York and I quickly got a teaching job and um, continued on with my master's degree also at Ithaca College. And my experiences in the classroom were mostly in the seventh grade general music space and seventh and eighth grade choir. And over the years, I'd also created a High school modern band program, which now has been uh, ten years later, has, has really developed and blossomed and bloomed into something that kids are creating and recording and producing their own music. And It's been beautiful to watch. Um, I had many leadership roles throughout my career as the head of my music department. I wrote a book a couple of years ago called "A Place in the Staff: Finding Your Way as a Music Teacher," and that was really inspired by my observation that there are a lot of things that teachers need and want and aren't able to get and especially highlighting the gap that happens between pre-service class like classroom experiences and what you learn in college and what actual teaching is really like so that book I, I wrote to, to bridge that gap and when that happens, that was uh 2019. And I was like, ready to go with the book tour and going all the places and all the plans for spring of 2020. And then of course, you know, COVID happened and changed the trajectory of everybody's life. And in that moment, as I'm sure most of the teachers listening here, there was this, um, you know, this reckoning of who am I? I wasn't in my music classroom anymore. Singing itself was really dangerous. And I had to really figure out how to get my footing and what it is that brought me joy that was able to serve a purpose that I felt really connected to. So that transitioned me to doing what I'm doing now, which is actually teacher education. And my program, The Empowered Educator, was born. So that's kind of the skinny of, of how that happened for me.
0: I love hearing teachers' stories and journeys of what you're passionate about and what led you to where you are now in your teaching journey. And, oh, my gosh, I've loved following your work, too, and hearing about you starting a modern band program where we have talked about our stories because I started an elementary music program at a school that hadn't had music for seven years. And you're like, well, wait, I did that, too, but for secondary music. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it is really cool seeing your – Baby, like you started, kind of take blossom, and you know it's still going, and you had a huge part in that. That's so awesome. Uh, yeah. And so, COVID, <laughs> yeah, I know you have all these plans, and then COVID happened, and it really was, it threw a lot of, you know, teacherpreneurs, teachers, educators everywhere for a loop, and it was, it still is very tough, right? Sure, it is really,
1: and I remember in in summer of of 2020, I facilitated a lot of online discussions, particularly with teachers, mostly in New York, because that's kind of where my network was at the time, and it was about really reimagining what music education was going to be like, because a lot of people were going through this double, you, you know, identity crisis, right? There was this identity crisis for them as a professional, because many music teachers hold their craft so close to who they are that if they're not in front of their band if they're not in front of their choir or their orchestra or whatever and then, then who like what does that mean about me who am i then if i'm not a band director if i'm not a choir director or whatever and then there was this personal identity crisis that came along with it and like well wait a second did i if i put so much stock into who i was when how it related to my career again what does that mean about me so there was this mourning process this grief that my my the conversations that I facilitated really acknowledged that because I think there wasn't enough time devoted to validating the the grief and the mourning of all of that and was just like okay we'll push through the next thing because everything's on fire and we need to figure out what to do next and I'll be honest with you I think that has caused um and contributed to a lot of the underlying trauma that's happening now in schools with teachers. You know, we we talk about the kids all the time, and of course we wanna protect and care for and love on our kids. But if teachers aren't showing up for themselves, there is no way that they can show up for their kids. So, you know, the work that I do now focuses on teachers in that way, because I saw a very clear need for that. And I went through that journey myself. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that time allowed me to stay home with my kids during 2020 to I homeschool them. That was like a whole nother journey for like, perhaps a different podcast. <laughs>
0: Oh, um, <laughs> the adventures of <around> homeschooling <laughs> yes. during
1: COVID. right? Um, but I also started my doctorate degree in educational psychology and have since become a certified emotional intelligence practitioner. So my work now is very much infused in you know, cognitive neuroscience, cognitive psychology, understanding how to have a good working relationship with your brain to understand how you're feeling and make conscious choices of, of how you want to feel. So that's really what this Empowered Educator Program is about, is a response to what's been happening for years, but then what was really highlighted in the last 18 months.
0: I can just hear your passion for your work. And it's just so contagious. It makes me want to learn more. Like I'm like, oh, tell me more, which we're going to find out more. But yeah, I, I wrote down something you said was uh, about teachers didn't have their feelings validated. And I, when you said that, we have focused a lot on the kids, which of course, like they are so important and they, they went through trauma. They're still going through trauma. They went through a a freaking pandemic, but my gosh, when it happened, it literally was just show up the next week or whenever it was and still teach mostly virtually. And it was, yeah, that was confusing enough, but there was not a lot of, let's help you process this. And Teachers are living through a pandemic, but you're having to help kids, and SEL is huge, and that should be huge. But it was also like, yeah, the teachers kind of got left behind a little bit. And I think maybe, and I was going to ask you about this too. Do you think part of it is maybe like administration didn't really know how to navigate the waters of it as well? So they were a little like, I want to help the teachers more, but I don't know what to do. I don't know. Do you feel like that was part of it too?
1: There are a lot of parts to this. And Mm -hmm. one of the things, in reflection was there were no provisions in place for something like this. There were no provisions for teacher, you know, emotional and and mental health begin with, right? Um, But now here we are all in crisis and there are no provisions. So yes, of course, like administration's like, what do we do? We have a job to do. And not only do we have a job to do, but I remember bringing this up one time at a virtual faculty meeting, like, hey, wait a second, like, what about teachers in this? And the response was, Jen, you have a job to do. You're getting paid to do a job. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, well, wait, what, what? Like I I was so confused because the humanity was taken away from the problem. And I wasn't saying that I I wasn't gonna do my job, but what I was saying was like, we need to validate what's happening right now. We need to feel heard so we can do our job. But pushing through and pushing through and pushing it down and just like keep on going for the kids is what's perpetuating this problem and what's leaving teachers feeling depleted and then just going to bed and then getting up the next day. And we don't have enough, we we can't give something we don't have. And we're consistently being asked to pour from an empty vessel. So one, I think you're right that um, administration didn't know what to do. But then let's take a be- a bigger step backwards this way. Mm-hmm. There are no provisions for administrators. Right. Where are th- where are the the programs that that have s- support for the administrators to talk about their own social and mental health. So not only can they take care of themselves but they can take care of their teachers who then can take care of their students, which by the way, the empowered um, administrator is uh, on its way.
0: <laughs> oh, yay! Uh,
1: but, you know, this is, this is a, a huge concern and, and my sense of urgency that you hear really comes from the fact that our kids, this generation of kids is affected by how the adults in their lives are able to show up. And we can't just ignore the fact that we have feelings. We can't ignore the fact that we went through trauma and just like continue to do the work. So um, yes, we're being asked to do impossible things. Yes, there are holes in what administration was able to provide. But also the third thing um, is that, you know, there is a significant amount of responsibility of everybody of how they show up to any given space. And knowing the tools to find your agency and reclaim your agency in any situation is is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. And that piece is
0: missing also. Mm -hmm. You were talking and I also in my work help teachers and I thought when the pandemic started and I knew I needed to shift, you know, how I was helping already the teachers I was working with. I remember like vividly, like probably four or five months in and I felt for the first time in my life, I started struggling with anxiety, I could feel myself getting kind of depressed a little bit. And I stopped to figure out why, and when I did that, I realized I had been pouring and pouring and pouring and had not stopped, kept going, pouring, 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 happy, 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 happy. But I lost myself a little bit in there where when you were talking about that, I had not been focusing on my mental health at all. (laughs) It was just like, oh, I got to help everyone. I got to help everyone, helping my kids, same, Um, three kids, school age my husband pivoted to working from home it was a it was a lot of transitions and it was just like whoa once I realized I was not doing any kind of helping myself mentally at all in whatever way that looked like once I stopped and took a step back and realized that I really kind of took a step back where I didn't stop helping teachers of course but it was like I can't show up every day I can't in the way I was showing up is what I mean. You know, I had to like set some boundaries and set some limits and set a schedule of when <laughs> I could do things and not. It doesn't have to be all day long. Um, so yeah, same for in the classroom. Same with teachers. You know, a lot of them want to help their students as much as they can, and so they just keep going, 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 going. And I do feel like that a lot of contributes to the burnout happening because it's like in the process they're not even doing it on purpose. It's not like I'm just going to help my students so my I I get left behind. But like you said, in the process, they're kind of losing themselves a little bit in there because maybe they don't know how to mentally help them, you know, like we just talked about with administrators not knowing how to help the teachers too. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple things there too. You know, one, it's this narrative that teachers are selfless,
0: Hmm. which
1: drives me crazy. And, and, you know, I want to know, you know, in what other industry is it acceptable, you know, or or even revered for you to lose your sense of self. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And if you don't have a sense of self, you don't have a sense of priorities. You don't have boundaries and you're just constantly giving away all of your time energy resources to all these other people and then you come home and you snap at your partner you're yeah. exhausted or you're not you know you're not sleeping because your mind's racing you're overeating you're undereating your back hurts like duh like you know and then on top of all of it you're counting down days till friday or how many years you have left until retirement you know mm-hmm. and my question to teachers when i work with them is is this what you signed up for and I've never had anyone be like, yeah, I, this is what I, this is the life that <laughs> Totally. You know, no, no. <laughs> you know, we, we got into this, this industry because we love kids. Yeah. We love the spark. We want to make a difference in this world. We want to be the chain, like all of the things. And that's beautiful. But what happens is all of these external circumstances are just flying out on us. And unless we have that, how, then we don't know what to do because we can be like, oh yeah, boundaries, let Like just like put mm-hmm. up boundaries. Yeah. Just do self-care. <laughs> like, okay, okay, just self-care. What does that mean? Like I, I don't know. know what that means. I know. You know, so so that's also a piece of it is like people don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's again like kind of where I come in is I, I teach the how we do this. Mm-hmm. And it's been life-changing. For I just posted something today. I don't know if you saw it yet. Um someone yesterday said to me, I was like, well, how does the work that we're doing like how has it changed how you show up. And someone says to me, well, you know, I was actually really excited to go to my faculty meeting this month. Mm. I literally almost fell out of my chair. I was like, wait, excuse me, what? What did you just, like, can you explain this to me, please? And um, she was able to, we talk about a lot about your mission and your why, which if, if you want to talk about that, we, we certainly can. But when you create your mission you have agency then to decide what gets your attention and what doesn't. And if you can align the things that you have to do with your mission. And she was able to create that alignment. So she found value Mm. and it's actually served her on her terms. So she was excited to go. That's awesome. Yes. And now, and that is how you start to change. You can't point fingers and change every external thing. Cause if you do that, nothing changes. You have to change yourself and no one wants to hear that because then you take responsibility for your, Mm -hmm. for your own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You're creating your reality and you can change it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you have talked about in your work, we've mentioned that a few times in this episode already, but the Empowered Educator, which I feel like we've covered a little bit of it, just like skim the surface, but what does, when you decided to name your work, the Empowered Educator, what does that mean to you? And what, what are you hoping it means to teachers you're working with as well?
1: So the empowered educator is about, again, reclaiming your agency. Teachers have incredible critical thinking skills. Like this, this is what we do. We teach it, we live it, we breathe it, but, We don't have agency or we don't can find it in the classroom because we have to be so compliant, which, you know, it is what it is, right? There are state and local mandates. There are district initiatives that come, but you know, the reason, well, my administrator told me to do this doesn't really get your fire going. And this narrative of like, well, I do it for the kids again, where are you Mm -hmm. as a professional in either of those scenarios? So the empowered educator gives space and permission for teachers to think about themselves in an introspective way so you know the my, my tagline for this is you know the the empowered and the empowered educator elevates professional development through personal introspection because you can't change if you don't fundamentally change you can't be something else doing the same things you're already doing mm-hmm. and if what what you're already doing isn't working, (laughs) you can either complain about it and teachers are great at talking about their stress. But, you know, right? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, it's like we wear it like this badge of honor. Like, oh, here, look at all the stress I have today. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, you want to hear about your stress? Well, let me tell you about all my stress right over here. You know? Um, Yeah. If you're not looking at the things that cause us anxiety and frustration and overwhelm and stress in a critical way, then we're just complaining about it and venting and we're not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're actually perpetuating it because how this ties in and I bring brain science in all the time to everything that I talk about, your brain only pays attention and and focuses about like 40 pieces of stimuli at a time, right? There are about 80 million pieces of stimuli, like just floating around all the time. And your brain only allows you to see about 40 through this filter system called the reticular activating system. And you know, you see, this is an example of this is let's say you want to get a new dog. Right. And you're like, I want to get a golden retriever. And then all of a sudden the next week, what happens? You see golden retrievers everywhere. Yeah. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like, did everyone just get a golden retriever all of a sudden? Like <laughs> my this is crazy. But what's actually happening is you told your brain to say, to, to look for golden retrievers. And that's what it's showing you. So if we only, in that same way, if we only complain and focus on our stress, anxiety, overwhelm and frustration, your brain is going to show you all of those things all the time. So we we reframe how to have this working relationship with our brain, and this is just a piece of it, um, through this idea of who are you as a professional What is your purpose? What is your why? What are your values? What do you really value? What is your vision? Where are you going? I mean, when was the last time that teachers are are asked to dream? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, here's your budget this year. What do you want? I'm talking like big dream. Like who do you wanna be as a professional? Because if you don't have that crystal clear vision, like what, what are you doing? you're just kind of spinning on that hamster wheel. And all of a sudden it's like two, three, four, 10 years later, and you're in the same place. It's just, you're older. Mm. Right. So we have this vision that, that we work towards. And then we go into the, all of this beautiful brain science about, you know, how we create memories, how, how we recall information, things that don't you think is important for teachers to know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like how, how we pay attention, you know, and, um, I joke about how we have this, you know, educational psychology class as part of our undergrad degree. Do you remember that class at all? Oh, Where? yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like skims the surface, but yes. Right. <laughs> Like,
1: yeah. probably, right. And there's no context because we haven't been in the classroom yet. Yeah, exactly. And we're so young, like our own brains aren't fully even developed yet. That's so true. Right. I mean, like yes. the brain that's responsible for higher order thinking and executive functioning and problem solving all that stuff doesn't develop until you're 24. I don't know about you, but I think about all of those really important life choices that I made before I was 24. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, gosh, yikes. Yeah. So um you know so so we really dig into that and and because it's a teacher centered program i focus on teachers and their working relationship with their brains but you know your kids have brains too so mm-hmm. there's a lot of transfer to to what we talk about and um and then moving on through the through the eight tenets we talk about reflective practices and um uncovering in hidden biases and beliefs. Um, we talk about the power of language and advocacy and, and real self-care because the truth is what I'm just talking about right now, this whole thing is self-care. It's not like go get a manicure and a massage. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding how to work, how to have a working relationship with your brain. That is self-care. Um, because you are not your brain. You are yeah. a person who has a brain. Um, and and that's really the keys to the kingdom. And then the the last tenet uh, goes over emotional intelligence, which kind of you know wraps everything up in this nice, beautiful emotional intelligence bow at the, at the yeah. end. So it's it's a journey that that teachers go on. But at the end, I'm seeing results of people stepping into their power and being the teacher they want to be, and Love showing that. up for their families, showing up for their kids, showing up for themselves. Mm. It's beautiful.
0: You're basically helping teachers unpack what's going on in their brain that in ways they've never done before like as i'm hearing you speak i'm thinking of myself here like oh my gosh i've never really thought about me in the classroom how do i best learn how do i best what like experiences am i bringing in and how can i focus and the things you just talked about and oh my gosh like so good just so good it's It's helping teachers focus on, like you said, you're not just getting by day to day, week to week to Friday, but focusing on really important matters of the way your brain works and how you can be your best self in your classroom and and your best self as a person (laughs) for that matter, right? Yeah, so I love that. Yes. And, there, you know, oh, okay. no, okay. say, and you know no go ahead.
1: I was just saying and you know if there's there's something to take away at least from today um there's there's really two things that I say if you if you don't get anything from all of the things I mm-hmm. I talk about there's like two things <laughs> and so the, I, the first thing I, I just want to say is that you know I, I talk about remember your why a lot. That's kind of like my my signature talk. And when I when I talk with teachers, that, that's a lot of times what I'm I'm hired to talk about. If this is like this one time thing, and the reason why that's so important is because we talked about boundaries earlier, and and knowing your mission is the how to create boundaries. Because what happens when you have a very crystal clear mission? is anything that's external, that's coming your way. You then can make a decision about how much of your time, attention, and energy gets put towards it because you can ask yourself, is this helping me reach my mission or not? Mm -hmm. And if it is, great. And then you can do it and it's aligned and it's beautiful. And it doesn't take all of, it doesn't deplete you because you're working towards something that you believe in.
0: Yeah.
1: And if it doesn't align with your mission, you have a choice to either live with it Manage it or end it. And if you can end it, you're just like, I don't do that thing. If you can manage it, can you manipulate it in a way where if you make some changes, it can align and some things you have to live with. Mm -hmm. And if you have to live with it, like that example that I told you earlier, you have to go to faculty meetings. Yeah. You have to live with this, right? So she was able to find a way to align it with her mission and it served her. Great. There are times when it doesn't. Well, guess what? You don't have to put all of your attention and energy there. Mm. You can just show up. And that is an unpopular comments because as teachers, we're always expecting perfection. We're always expecting a hundred percent, but this is causing us to feel depleted. You have a finite amount of resources to give in every given day. And if you're giving them out to everything and everyone that asks for it, that is why you're exhausted. So you can decide yeah, I'm going to show up there, but you're not getting my full attention. Love that. And that's, that's feeling empowered Mm -hmm. because you just can't give it away to everything and everyone, you just can't. Mm -hmm. So you get to make decisions. And then that second thing that goes along with it is that rest does not equal renewal. And if you're resting and you're going to sleep, you're just getting your body together to just do it again the next day. Renewal happens with a couple things. It happens with hope. It happens with compassion. It happens with mindfulness and it happens with joy and play and and playfulness and laughter. And if you are not incorporating any of those things in your daily life, you are not actually renewing yourself. So, so understanding the sacrifice renewal cycle, you know, what are you doing in your life that allows you to feel playful or hopeful or mindful things like meditation or prayer um, or compassion and, and being with, the people that you love and and investing in those relationships. So Mm -hmm. those are like the two
0: takeaways that if people are listening, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take with you and um, do what you like with them. Oh, I love that. When you were talking about the staff meeting example and how, we feel like we got to give a hundred percent in every single area and that does cause burnout. And I just had this conversation in my membership site, Harmony last week with teachers about the word balance itself. And you think of the scale, you know, the measuring the fruit or whatever it is in the grocery store. But to me, balance is not that way. I can't have, and if you think about it, not just two sides, but like, let's say it's like equal, like there's 10 parts and you're trying to constantly have these balls held up and they're always in the same area and the same um you know balanced like on a scale is the best way i can describe it but the word harmony the reason i even actually named my membership site that was yes it's a musical term but that's but because i feel like different parts of your life will sometimes take center stage as like the melody and the other parts of it are like the harmony and then maybe the next couple weeks then something else moves up to the forefront and so the same way can apply in a school setting where there's going to be different focuses on like let's talk about for elementary music teachers for example like let's december is a huge month for performances there's a lot of expectations there you know for any music teacher my gosh band choir anything that let's be honest as you're preparing for that that's probably going to be like the melody and so if you can't give 100 of some of these other areas and you're like oh my gosh i feel like i'm like slacking when it comes to lesson planning for other lessons or staff meetings or uh teacher Friday Friday out happy hour whatever I'm just thinking of random examples off the top of my head that's okay it's okay because I can totally relate to what you're saying because I am such a type A personality I'm a people pleaser and I'm kind of a perfectionist so if I don't have my ducks in a row and I don't have everything perfectly like evenly aligned in all areas of my life uh, I I it stresses me out but I've gotten better I gave you the example before we even started recording yesterday, two of my kiddos were home sick. They had had fevers. They're fine now, but they, I had a lot of plans on my agenda and they were my plans and I don't like things to change. I don't want to move things around. If it's on the schedule, it's on the schedule. Well, I had to be flexible in that moment and say, okay, what is taking the melody? Like, you know, I'm just using that as an example. My, my melody had to shift that day where my kids became my focus and everything else had to kind of fall underneath that. I couldn't give 100% of the things I had on my agenda and to my children, so it had to shift a little bit. So I think um, that's just what came to my, my mind when you were talking, thinking of my own experience as well and what I help teachers with, too, because it's so important. I think a lot of the overwhelm, which I, I want to hear about that from you, the questions or comments you've had from teachers, too, about it comes from trying to find that perfect 100% balance in every single category of your life or in your school building And it will drive you crazy because it is not possible to be equal amounts. You know, a pie chart, 20% here, the 20 and it all adds up to be 100%. That is so hard. And I, I, oh my gosh, I would love for teachers listening to understand that that's okay. It's not going to look that way. So yeah, I know you probably have feedback about that. I want to hear it. So what have you, yeah. what have you said to <laughs> teachers who have like maybe said something similar to what I just said or. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is the story. <laughs> all
1: the, this is the narrative, you know, like I have to do everything, um, you know, uh, teachers general and generally speaking, you know, people pleasers can control freaks. I'm a former control freak. You know, I mean, this is, this is how this happens and talking about, you know, ducks in a row, my ducks were all, like. All over the place yesterday. Like I, it was hot <laughs> yesterday. I was a hot mess. Yes. Um, so a, a couple of things about that. I don't think about work life balance mm-hmm. because okay. I agree. I think it creates this visual that doesn't reflect real life. So, um, I use the phrase work life blend because that that. can be messy. Um, And it always takes me back actually to like my elementary school art teacher when I first learned about pastels and like we smudged the colors together and there could be more red and more yellow sometimes or could be whatever, but it's like this blend because there are going to be things that change. And the second piece of that is that Judgment that we put on everything when we don't live up to our own ridiculous expectations. And, you know, everyone has this mean girl inside of them like we just do right and it's that mean girl voice that's like you're not good enough you're not doing this enough it's you're not supposed to be doing this like you should be doing this. And every time you start hearing that mean girl you know, you, you need to stop and pause for a second. And, um, I actually, I take people through this, you know, exercise. I can kind of briefly talk about it right now, but again, mm-hmm. talking about what's going on biologically in your brain is when you are activated in stress, your fight, flight, or freeze kicks in because cortisol is running through your body. And we've created these circuits that come automatic. These are sub- conscious circuits that happen. So we have this one thought that causes our body to react in this way. And before we know it, we're like spinning out of control of the I'm supposed to use and I should be and I'm not enoughness. And it's habitual, it is habitual. And in order to break that cycle, you have to first notice, you have to calm down your nervous system. And the easiest way to do that is by breathing, purposeful breathing. And for me, and and when I, I tell the people that I work with, um, hands on heart. And the reason why you do that is so you can remind yourself like, here I am in space, um, and do a, a box breath, which is just four in hold for four, four out, hold for four. And I do that three times and that will calm your nervous system down. So you are able to move forward with whatever it is that you are, you are wanting to do and make a conscious choice instead of just reacting all of the time because your body again is is thinking it's doing what your brain wants it to do i'm stressed this is how i react to stress this is what she wants us to do great done it doesn't care that you're not living up to your potential it doesn't care that you're not thriving the only function of your brain is to make sure that you're alive so if you're in stress it thinks that there's a bear in the room and it wants to protect you from that bear so then what happens is there's a bear in the room and then the mean girl's like why are you so scared of this bear (laughs) judging <laughs> so this thing and it's and it's it comes to a point then we're dealing with the bear but we're also like listening to this mean girl voice right
0: mm-hmm. um, and by the way like, everyone has a mean girl so oh, i whoever, have one
1: whoever, whoever you identify oh i sure a do somewhere in your voice, i'm
0: thinking you know? of the mean girl's movie as you're talking i'm like mm-hmm, she's <laughs> like, in there just, but it, right yeah
1: like this is how it is um and so you know the 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 judgments About the the bear is also another obstacle of like, I'm just not enough. I'm never doing enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. And again, going back to what I said before, if those are the things that you're focusing on, well, that's the evidence that your brain is going to continue to give you about your reality because it thinks that's what you want to see. So again, nothing changes if nothing changes. And empowered educator is that how, and again, it's noticing, you know, I'm thinking like the music teachers who are like in it during December, right? Like everything needs attention. You have an opportunity to stop and pause, notice how you're feeling, breathe so you can calm your nervous system down. And then make conscious choices about how you want to spend your time and energy and focus. That gives you agency. That allows you to feel empowered.
0: Oh, girl. Nine million good points. I literally, like, might drop, walk out the room. We could just end it right there. That was so good. No, for real. That was so good. We talk about this in a way that's just... I've never heard it explained like this, and it's like Mm -hmm. my brain's going, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense, so I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, Yeah, so there has been a lot of overwhelm, as we've already talked about, understandably, the last couple school years, so what advice, we mentioned this earlier, but do you give to teachers about self-care that Mm -hmm. is 100% different than a lot of the advice given out there for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so, so this is what I'm explaining right now is that like, yeah. this is self-care. It's not branded as self-care because self-care has been thrown around all the time. It's like loss its meaning. And, you know, you said, you know, SEL, I have mm-hmm. to say to like SEL is the same thing. It's so overused. Like, you know, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, what, what self-care needs to be is first of all, changing the narrative about what it means to be in a service profession like teaching and really connecting to the idea of you need to put your oxygen mask on first. You have to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, you cannot from an empty vessel. And I, and this is like a whole nother thing too, about just like being women and moms in this profession as well. Like that adds a whole nother layer of, of emotional addiction of guilt that we just like rub ourselves down in all of the guilt of all of the things that we are supposed to be doing and should be doing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, again, when you start to go down that thought process, So this self-care is noticing its breathing to calm down your nervous system. Um, But then that third piece of it is choosing a different thought. I'll use this example because I mean, and this is kind of like going down another avenue, which um, I don't know that we have time time for. No, you're fine. No. But your, your thoughts are affecting your emotions. Your emotions are direct responses to your thoughts which then contribute to your behavior, which creates the result and the realities that you have, which then affirms your thought. So for example, I'm stressed, I don't have a lot of time, that thought, creates this sense of tension, um, uh, you know, for people like me, I, I get so sweaty when I get stressed out, it's disgusting. So I have that, right. I have, there, there's like this tightness in your chest, there's heavy breathing, there's all the things. So then my behavior is I am not showing up in a way that is expansive and spacious. So what is my results? I don't ever have enough time to do any of the things that I want, which mm. affirms the thought. And the only way to break that cycle is to notice what you're feeling because we're feeling beings that think not the other way around. Your body knows what's going on way before the thought catches up Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. If you can notice, oh gosh, like my breathing is really tight right now. I'm like really sweaty. What's going on? What thought am I thinking? Then you can actually think something different. Your thoughts are just past experiences, ego, and fear most of the time. Most of the time, that's all it is. And it's like Mm -hmm. the same thoughts that we have every single day. So when you interrupt that thought cycle and think to yourself, what do I need to think right now to to feel the thing that I wanna feel? You have agency. And then you can show up in a different way, which gives you a different result. Mm -hmm. But if you don't break that cycle, you're always gonna be in that loop. That's self-care. Yeah. And the second, and I'll I'll just say one last thing about this thought, the second Mm -hmm. you start thinking about shoulds, I should, or I'm supposed to, think to yourself, whose should is this? Is it mine? Or is this someone else's? And if it's someone else's should, then you are living someone else's expectations and you are living someone else's life. Mm. And especially in education that is built so deeply upon tradition, all of these shoulds and supposed tos are really just peer pressure from dead people. Like, this is what this is. So don't shit on yourself and <laughs> certainly don't shit on other people.
0: <laughs> I was this- kidding, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, like no, this, this is what it
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was just going to say, I had a mentor that said that, are you shooting all over yourself? And the first yeah. time they said that, I'm like, did you say should? And then yeah. they are, but it's true. And it went, yes. gosh, I just love that phrase because it's so true. I should do this. I should do this. I could have done this. I would have done this. If I did do the thing I could have done. And then you're, you're talking about thoughts. You're, thought trail at that point, it's just like spinning like a cyclone, <laughs> just like in this whole, like, I should have done this, 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 instead sort of no, slow down, take Great. breaths, change the thought. It's okay.
1: Right. So if you yeah. use your example of like concert season, right? Yes. Yes. You know, you know, people are like, Jen, I don't have time to breathe. You don't have time to breathe. No, <laughs> no, no. You can't function with a bear in the room. Hmm. So take the 20 seconds it takes to calm your nervous system down so it doesn't think that there's a bear in the room anymore. You know, and on um, kind of like this greater level, everyone is activated right now. Mm-hmm. They're all just like, like just base level, everyone's activated. There yeah. is always a bear in the room for, for adults, kids alike, right? Which is why everyone's um, overly sensitive than maybe they, they usually are or had, or had been previously, to any small piece of threatening or overwhelming or frustrating or stressful stimuli, because we're already at a higher base level of activation. So, in knowing that, it makes this breathing exercise even
0: more important because there's just <laughs> right now, there's always a barrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. So, we've talked about so much. And I mean, I could be going on with you for four to five hours for, for sure. So are, is there any advice you have about anything we already talked about, or maybe you want to touch on something we haven't talked about before we go today?
1: Well, again, I think the biggest takeaways right now is really considering, um, what your why is. And I actually, I have a, a video up on um, my Facebook page, which is the empowered educator. And that walks you through that process of creating a why, because, you know, at the beginning, when, when I I do this, some teachers are like, well, I I do this because I want to make a difference in kids' lives. And that sounds beautiful. um, but the why's that we create really need to go deeper than that. So, you know, for a teacher who says, well, I want to make a a difference in kids' lives, you know, why? Well, I want them to be better members of society. Why? And we keep going further and deeper and deeper down and then we get to the really juicy stuff so when you say the reason why there's that buzzy juju feeling in your chest right where it's like oh it's resonating with me that's the why that I'm looking for. Hmm. That's the why that you should be looking for. So for me and I don't know if I if I shared this yet my why is to inspire people to discover their voice. And that's been pretty consistent throughout the the last few years. And it has served me well because when I was in the classroom, I literally did that. (laughs) I inspired Mm -hmm. people to discover their own singing voice. I still do that in a variety of ways through my business, through my online singing communities Mm -hmm. and through my Mm -hmm. my virtual voice lessons. Um, But it also helped me make the decision to transition out of the classroom because I was at a crossroads and I thought to myself, well, how else can I inspire people to discover their voice? And I had this urgent passion to work with teachers. So that has served me as a motivation to create this program. Mm -hmm. That's how important your why is. So when again, things come down the pike, I say to myself, is this helping me inspire people to discover their voice? Yes or no. And then I get to decide how much and if at all you're getting my time attention, and, and energy. Um, so, so that's, I think the, the big takeaway here. And, and again, you can find that video that walks you through that on, on that Facebook page. And then again, that, that sacrifice renewal cycle. Mm-hmm. Find times throughout your day for hope, for dreaming, for mindfulness. This breathing exercise we do, that's mindfulness. So if you're just doing the breathing thing, like you got it covered already. Mindfulness can be prayer, or it could be meditation. It could be yoga, um, compassion, really taking an interest into the the relationships you have. However, there's a fine line between like taking care of and then having this beautiful reciprocal relationship, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So just be wary about that. Um, And then the last thing, of course, is joy and laughter and playfulness because everything is so damn serious all the time. And uh, we don't need to be, and we forget to laugh as adults. And that in and of itself will, will renew you. So you can get up yeah. and do it again the next day.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things to do at the end of the day, is just to watch stupid sitcoms just where I don't have to think about anything anymore. And it yeah. can just be running in the background. And I'm just like, you know, staring at the TV mindlessly, but just, and then maybe just be one joke in the entire episode that makes me laugh. But I like to end my day that way, because I just think, yeah, humor is so important. And I, um, like you said, Everybody's taking everything so seriously sometimes, so bring some laughter in. It's so important. Jen, I've loved this entire conversation, and I'm going to link to that Facebook video you talked about, but I wanted you to let everybody know where else they can find you in all the work you mentioned today as well.
1: Sure. Uh, So my Facebook page is um, at The Empowered Educator. My Instagram page is at Jen Rafferty music, which is actually my, my company name is, is Jen Rafferty music and, and the empowered educator fits, fits right in there. Um, you can reach me at my email at music at jenrafferty.com. and my website is empowered educator.org. And all of that information is also on that Facebook page. So it's super easy to, to get in touch with me and I'd love to hear from you. You know, teachers out there of what they're going through, um, what their whys are, that's been really fun. Every once in a while, I'll get an email I'll be like, hey, here's here's my why. And uh, I've never heard two whys be the same thing. So it's it's pretty inspiring for me
0: yeah that's awesome well thank you so much for coming on and everybody make sure you reach out to her let her know your why and if you're listening to this episode tag jen and myself on instagram or facebook and leave it in the comments there as well and so thank you so much for coming on i've loved this conversation my
1: pleasure it's been really great to talk to you
0: well hey there thank you so much for listening into the elementary music teacher podcast there is an exclusive facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher call the elementary music teacher community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encourage you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon.